Pastor Chris's podcast. The world we live in is breathtaking and complex. The artistic genius of it points to something, someone higher, greater, more wonderful than we can even imagine. How did it all come to be? Was it merely an accident or does nature's harmony point to a higher power? Come along with me on a journey back to where it all began. Genesis chapter 1. Over the next seven weeks, we will explore the depths of the creation story as told to God's people for thousands of years. Reading from Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. And evening passed, and morning came, marking the first day. God created the heavens and the earth. In other words, he created everything. Everything that is above us, everything that is below us, everything all around. And much debate has surrounded the origins of the universe, planet earth, and life. But there's something that we can all agree on. The world around us is amazing. The farthest known star is 13.2 billion light years from the earth. In other words, it would take you 13.2 billion with a B years to get there. If by some miracle you could travel at the speed of light. The smallest living organism, the porcine circovirus, is only 17 nanometers in diameter. 3,000 of these organisms could easily fit on a single grain of sand. The blue whale is the largest living animal, weighing 180 tons or 360,000 pounds. That's as much as 13 school buses. Much more impressive than facts about any single specimen is the intricacy of how the whole of creation works together. Plant life absorbs carbon dioxide and uses it to live. And then plants produce oxygen so that animals can breathe. Animals absorb the oxygen and turn it into carbon dioxide so that plants can live. Fungi live in the soil beneath the surface, producing chemicals that allow plant roots to take up the nutrients that they need in order to live. And those same fungi can also help trees somehow communicate in a forest so that trees on one side of the forest can send signals to trees on the other side of the forest if there's something like a a, a forest fire. Somehow this mysterious communication happens. We don't understand it fully how it happens. 
within the, 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 the countless fragile ecosystems of our planet, these all work together in perfect harmony so that every living thing from the smallest bacteria to the largest blue whale, each thing plays a crucial part to contribute to the success of the whole. Many have looked at the amazing interconnectedness of these living systems and they, some would describe the whole system as a living is a living organism in its own right. So they, they might describe creation as one big organism made up with a bunch of small parts rather than one planet made up of a bunch of different organisms. But within the vastness of space, planet Earth stands as the only known haven of life. We are so small and yet so incredibly precious whether you believe this is all a happy accident brought on by chance or the result of an intentional act of a divine power, it is a matter of faith. Science cannot contain something so unfathomable. The account in the book of Genesis of how it all began was given thousands of years before the advent of science. It was never intended to describe the creation of the world in purely rational, scientific terms. Genesis was written to speak to the mysterious longings within the hearts of human beings, to know the truth about God and why we are here. If you want to know God, if you want to know him, then you can know him by studying the story of creation in Genesis. It tells us that on the first day, God created light. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the waters. The original Hebrew describes a place that is a wasted, worthless thing. Darkness in Hebrew, sec, figuratively describes misery, destruction, death, or ignorance. These things are contrary to the character of God. One might say the creation of the universe was inevitable. For the creator to abide in formless, empty darkness is as unnatural as it is for a rooster not to crow at the dawning of a new day. And so God said, let there be light. This light is not necessarily the light of the sun. It is simply light. It is illumination. It is the ability to see things clearly. It is the ability to perceive. It is the opposite of darkness, misery, and ignorance. Light is cheerfulness. Like when your spirits brighten when the sun breaks through the clouds on a dark and gloomy day. Just for a moment. The sun peeks through the overcast skies and somehow it, it just feels like it lifts your spirits for just a moment. Light is understanding. As when the light turns on and you have an idea and we, we symbolize that by showing a person with a, a light bulb going off over their head. They understand. They get it. They have an aha moment, an epiphany. Light is a symbol of truth. 
symbol of truthfulness. Not necessarily scientific information. What God gave the world is more than just information. It is truth. It is a truth that swallows up science as just one part of his greater wisdom. Today, we think so highly of science, something that, that has only been in existence for a few hundred years, but people have been searching for and understanding truth for much longer than they have been searching through science. And who knows what new discipline might be coming down the road in 100 or 500 years that might make us look back at our pursuit of science and think, what was that all about? The human longing for divine truth has been there since before we could remember, and it will be there within our hearts forever. And God brings understanding and truth. We see something important about God's character in the very way that Genesis tells the story of how everything came to be. It tells us that God works systematically day by day to bring order out of chaos. Day one in the creation story is simply light. Day two is the sky. Day three is land and vegetation. And on and on it goes. Each day God moves to more and more complex systems until he finishes with the most complex of his entire creation. Humanity, which are not only complex biologically, but also complex socially. This was not a random act. It was purposeful. It was ordered because the creator is enlightened. It is God's intention for you to know and understand truth. When we open our lives to God, he does something for us that he did for all of creation. God offers you understanding about your purpose in life. God seeks to awaken you so that you live your life on purpose in an enlightened state of being. While animals may wander the earth according to their basic instincts and basic emotions in a lower state of consciousness, you were meant for something much more. Of all of the animals, of all of the things that God created, you are unique in your ability to consciously be aware of your life and of perhaps something beyond your life. You were created to live for so much more. You were meant to know God. Romans chapter 1, verse 20 says, For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. When I was a young man, 18 or 19 years old, I left home in Macon, Georgia, moved up to Marietta, went to college, Southern Tech, studying engineering, and um, 
and, and I was like probably a lot of people in that stage of life. Um, out of home, on my own for the first time, no longer depending upon what my parents and the adults of my life had told me I was supposed to believe. Now I'm trying out for myself. What is it that I actually believe? And of course, I'm there in a, an institution of higher learning, and we're studying a lot of science and mathematics, and, and you begin to question, you know, all those stories about God and faith and religion, was that just something we were told when we were children, but now we're not children anymore? Are we still supposed to believe that this invisible divine power created the world? And of course, there's a lot of scientific evidence of how things were, came to be and theories of evolution and all kinds of things that maybe uh, go against or conflict with these religious ideas that seem almost like superstition when you become an adult and you start really studying. And so I was questioning, you know, what do I really believe? What is really true? And of course, you know, you're, a, you're a walking across campus day by day, going from class to class in different buildings. And there's a beautiful campus there and the lawn and they had some areas that were um, had trees on them and you'd walk through it and you could see birds playing in the grass. And I remember going through this stage of my life and one day walking through campus, kind of pondering on these ideas. And I remember looking at the trees. It was a stand of pine trees, but it was, uh, you could see through the trees to the parking lot where all of the cars would park. And I remember looking through the trees and seeing the cars in the parking lot, thinking to myself, and the birds are flying around and there's a squirrel running up a tree. And I'm thinking, you know, human beings are biologically very similar to all these animals. But we're the only animal in all of creation that somehow takes the chemicals and the materials from a tree and the minerals and all that are in the soil and we somehow know how to take all of those different things and put them together to build a car made of metal and rubber and a combustion engine and electricity. No other animal in all creation is able to know that and do that, or even to think about that, or even to be walking through campus asking all of these silly questions about why we're here. The squirrel that's running up that tree is never pausing with his acorn in his hand thinking, why am I here? <laughs> why am I eating an acorn instead of a cheeseburger? Only humans. And it just kind of dawned on me. This couldn't have just happened by accident. Something, someone higher and greater had to bring this all about. And it was about that same time that I, I heard an illustration that just really made sense and stuck with me. It said, you know, if you're walking along the ocean shore on the beach, you're walking along, admiring everything, and you look down and you see a watch that is laying in the sand, and you pick it up, it would be ludicrous to look at that watch and say to yourself, you know, all of the elements that are necessary 
for the formation of this watch are found in the ocean. All of the chemicals and molecules are there. All that had to happen was for them to come together randomly in just the right order, in just the right way, at just the right time, and it would have created this watch spontaneously. That thought would be ludicrous, right? If you're walking along the beach and you find a watch lying in the sand, you look down, you say, oh my goodness, somebody dropped their watch. (laughs) It's the obvious conclusion. And yet when we look at all of creation, we see this planet that is just so far from the sun. It's tilted at just the right angle and it's spinning at just the right rate and it's filled with all of these creatures that work together in such a way and we look at this creation and we say well some people say well it just randomly exploded and everything fell into place to make this beautiful planet there's no one that made it happen but somehow that seems more reasonable than the idea that there's a higher power at work that said, I'm going to design this and I'm going to make this beautiful place. And I'm going to put people in this place who have a heart and lungs and blood and skin just like many of the other animals, but at the same time, they're so much different. And as I had those thoughts, I realized I believe that there's something bigger. There's something greater. And I began to really dig in. Not because my parents told me I was supposed to, but because I needed to know what this was all about. Started me on a journey that many years later brought me to where I am standing here in this pulpit talking to you about it. Because I came to realize that what I believe is that God, the God described in Scripture, is the one that brought this to be. And if you believe that, it changes everything about who you are and why you take breath into your lungs. The first day of spring is only four weeks away. Can you believe that? (laughs) Amen. I saw a cherry blossom tree blooming yesterday in Marietta. And so this morning, as we are drawing closer and closer to that, it's a great time to start this challenge. I want to challenge you to open your eyes, to look for the truth about God that's there all around us, if only we take the time to see it. Look for what Romans says is clearly visible, his invisible, I mean, it is clearly visible, his invisible qualities, his divine nature, his eternal power. Look at the birds in your yard and see the incredible creativity of a master craftsman. Study your pet dog or your pet cat, which started out as a predator, but now gently climbs up in your lap and snuggles up to you. And somehow, even though it doesn't know human language, it understands you better than most people. Contemplate 
how the flowers and the grass grow in the warmth of the sun and live their own life without, while providing food for animals and a virtual forest ecosystem for billions of tiny bugs and microorganisms that we never even see or consider. We literally walk by them every day without even noticing that they're there. But if they weren't there, life as we know it could not exist. And through all of your observations, consider the God who made it all. I invite you to pray to that God now and to ask him to reveal himself to you as you pay attention to the creation around you, especially over the next seven weeks. Would you bow your heads with me? Gracious creator God, thank you for creating us and giving us the ability to be aware of your presence, even when we don't fully understand it or comprehend it. We pray, Father, that you will draw us closer to you as we know you in creation more and more in the coming days and weeks. Speak to us, Lord. Show us the reason you put us here so that we can be busy living it. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen.